Welcome back to another episode of Lady You're Scaring Us. I'm Hillary. I'm Taylor. What's up, Taylor? <sighs> Not much. Everybody loved your little special message about your slumber party at the I beach. I think I was in a manic episode yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I still love, we didn't post it, but shit. <laughs> I'm Taylor. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Did some kind of little fucking mermaid flip shit. Listen, we saw 17 dolphins yesterday. We did see a lot of dolphins. I couldn't get them on um, camera because they're fast. They're just too far away. Doing flips and shit. I'm riding on a dolphin. (laughs) Doing flips and shit. This dolphin splashing. Getting everybody all wet. But it wasn't SeaWorld. It wasn't because fuck SeaWorld. It was as real as it got. Um, I guess it's my turn to tell a little story today. Mm -hmm. Give it to us, baby. Have you ever heard of Tanner Ward? I don't think so. This one's pretty... It's a little speculation, and it's still kind of like a mystery, you could say. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and say this kind of gets a little graphic when it comes to his body and some... talks about suicide the description of what happens is autopsy yeah it's pretty graphic go ahead and throw that out there so tanner ward was born september 7th 1997 to curtis and lisa ward tanner and his family lived in a small town in missouri that had less than six thousand people in it so essentially everybody knew everybody's business yo mommy yo daddy type of shit Mm -hmm. tanner and his family grew up in this area like his parents his grandparents everybody knew the ward family everybody knew the ward family and there were no secrets whatsoever tanner was no exception to that his teen Teenage years, he was heavily involved with drugs and had a very rocky behavior path during these times, all of which his family was very open about when his case became public. He was mostly known to use marijuana, however, according to some accounts, um, some other harder drugs were used, but they, no one's ever really mentioned like exactly what it was, but it was clear that he was doing more than just smoking pot. I was about to say, don't tell me this boy has a drug problem. Why are you problem climbing things? When he's just smoking pot. No, that's how it started. Oh, you know, he's just smoking pot in his basement in the circle of friends. Now, you'll see why other people are like, oh, there's definitely more than pop. In 2016, his criminal behavior heightened when he was involved in an armed home invasion. Mm-hmm. People don't usually rob stoners, houses to buy pot. Stoners are going to get, yeah, let's get hold people at gunpoint. Right. They're like, mm, can we just get some snack? From what they've gathered about the event, it was over drugs. Go figure. Yeah. Um, so Tanner and his accomplice, who was his brother, held three people hostage, which led to Tanner getting felony charges and five years of probation, which was shocking to me because I feel like if you held people hostage at gunpoint at gunpoint it'd be way more than a felony but we are in missouri and probation like i feel like you should we are in maybe it's because the people that they he held hostage it was a drug thing so maybe they were kind of like gotcha right so you think they were like robbing a dealer's house not so much like robbing an innocent family just to get things to sell to buy drugs right something along those lines it's never really clear they were busting up in the trap house Yeah. This was a wake-up call for Tanner, and he began realizing where his life was headed, and he was going to change for the better. He's like, you know what? Fuck that five years probation. Really fucked with my head, and I want to do better. Imagine if he would have went to jail. Yeah. A short time goes by, and Tanner meets a girl named Megan. The two began a relationship and become very serious and ended up getting engaged. They then welcomed their daughter, Sophia, shortly after. On um, June 7th, 2017, according to Tanner's mom, this day was like any other. It was supper time, and she had walked into the living room. He's living with his parents at this point, still. He's still a teenager. She had walked into the living room and told Tanner she was going to start the grill and begin cooking dinner. She asked Tanner if he was going to be around and if she needed to make him a plate. Tanner informed his mom that he would be leaving shortly to go see a friend 
for about 30 minutes and he would return and he would eat a plate then. Like normal mothers, Lisa asked, what friend? Yeah. Who goes to see a friend for 30 minutes? That sounds like a... What friend? Sounds like a deal. And uh, especially with his past, I'm sure his mom was like... You're going to buy drugs. "Mm." He then responded with a name that was unfamiliar to her, Jeremiah. Tanner then kissed his daughter goodbye and took off to meet his friend on foot. A long time had gone by and Tanner was still gone, way past supper and way past mom's bedtime. Tanner didn't have a car, a cell phone, or a bank account, which made it difficult for him to be contacted at all. Or traced. Exactly. Which is going to come back later. How old is he? He's like 19. Okay. However, this situation was unusual for him to not show or not contact anybody, but people like weren't super concerned at this point because he is an adult, you know. Nobody really questioned it until Tanner didn't show up the following day, June 8th. So his sister Kelsey took it upon herself to go look for her brother. Kelsey looked at all of Tanner's normal spots to no avail. She asked around town if anyone had seen her brother or if anyone had any information about this Jeremiah person or where he stayed. Because again, small town. Your brother has a drug problem, supposedly, has some risky behavior patterns. So to some people, they're like, why is she looking around? Why is she automatically jumping the gun? Well, if you have a family member that has a tendency to do these things. Kelsey ended up finding an address for Jeremiah. When Tanner didn't show or contact his family by June 9th, Kelsey went to the address. She knocked on the door and there was no answer. The door was unlocked. And Kelsey, being afraid for her brother, had slipped into his old ways, let herself in, scared she was going to find him passed out in the house. When she opened the door, the house was completely turned upside down. Furniture was flipped. Everything was all over the place. Just a complete disaster. There was no one there. And in the middle of the living room was Tanner's favorite baseball hat. Kelsey took the hat and took it to the police. The Trenton Police Department was not a lot of help, for they argued that Tanner was an adult, so he could pick up and leave if he so choose to, even though the house that she found the hat in was in complete disarray. His criminal background also didn't help him right. in the favors with the police. So the Ward family took it upon themselves to post flyers all over town to try and find Tanner in hopes the small town word of mouth would help find him. June 13th, 2016, police finally release of missing persons. How many days is that? He went missing on the 7th, and it's the 13th. Okay. So now it's an official missing persons case. Two weeks after Tanner's disappearance, it's the first time anyone speaks to Jeremiah. Even though he's the last person to have talked to Tanner and the last place Tanner was known to be. He obviously wasn't missing. Mm-mm. They just I didn't th- talk when, to him? When Kelsey went, because again, the police didn't, weren't going to do anything about it until a certain amount of time, but when he when Kelsey went to the house, he yeah, wasn't there. Right. So he was kind of just not there. Even though it's the last place Tanner was known to be, Kelsey again was in town posting flyers and was pointed in the direction of Jeremiah, who was sitting in his truck. She confronted him and explained who she was and asked about her brother. Jeremiah, at this point, had gotten out of the vehicle and was wearing a gray American Eagle t-shirt. A short, according to Kelsey, was the last thing Tanner was wearing. So the same shirt as Tanner? From Kelsey's perspective. Mm -hmm. When she sees this, she begins asking more questions. Where'd you get that shirt, motherfucker? (laughs) American Eagle? While confronting him, she noticed that the shirt had weird stains and possible cigarette burns on them. When asking him about the shirt, he denies that it's Tanner and isn't really sure what is on the shirt. The shirt belongs to Frank, see? (laughs) Frank. And then he he continued to claim that the shirt was his. Kelsey then states that this is alarming to her and she will be contacting the police. Jeremiah then states that it was unnecessary and he will go with her to the police station to talk to the police. No. I'll go with you with this on my body. When they arrive at the station, Kelsey explains the situation and the police also notice the weird abrasions on the shirt. They then say that they're going to need to take the shirt from him. Take it off. (laughs) Take it. Go ahead and strip down, boy. Mm, Go ahead and take that shirt off, boy. Jeremiah was initially really reluctant to give the shirt up, but eventually did. It's my favorite shirt. But you don't wear your favorite shirt on a fucking (laughs) B&E. It was then sent off for forensic testing. After this, the police decided to. You just had to leave the police shirtless. Yeah. I'm sure they gave him like a little like nah, orange I shirt. I'd have been like, all right now, nah, all right, get out of here. All right now, get. <laughs> 
<laughs> After this, the police decided to perform a vocal stress test on Jeremiah. Now, nothing that was that Jeremiah said during the questioning has ever been released. Nothing, not the questions that they asked him, not his answers, none of it has ever been released. However, due to the results, detecting de- clear deceit along with whatever he told police gave them enough to get the right to search his father's property a town over. Uh, no? <laughs> I guess that's what a vocal stress test is when you're uh, like... Uh, so they're like, where mm. he goes, no, <laughs> that's stupid. I find it interesting that they didn't search the apartment. Like they didn't get anything for the apartment, but the, ho- he, the house that was turned over. Yeah. But they got the, because he's last seen it or he was last supposedly been at that apartment and mm-hmm. they didn't get a search warrant for that, but they have it for a property. Right. They had more evidence to get a search warrant for his dad's property than his own house that his belongings were in. Right. The police go out to said property and are using cadaver dogs. So they were told something mm-hmm, that made they're going get... out to the property and they have cat cadaver dogs. dogs. Oh, Rick. Come on, somebody. Why, Why don't, don't you run? run? The dogs get a hit off of something near the back door of the residence. Across from the door is a giant burn pit. Mm. So the police bring out excavators and tractors to start digging. They dug a six by 10 foot area around the burn pit and even went a little deeper and hit compact to ground just to make sure they weren't missing anything. All they found were animal bones. Jeremiah, shortly after this, was cleared as a suspect. Even though whatever he said was suspicious enough to have them go out and check a property. Right. But he's he was cleared. And you would think, though, that a cadaver... I mean, is, is there a difference between, like, a dead person smell and a dead animal smell? He probably... The dog probably caught the scent of him, and then they dug... But cadaver dogs, they, they're for death. Right. Especially. Maybe. Well, because can't they be used... Because cadaver dogs are used in search parties, too, aren't they? I thought there was a difference. I thought you had your, your dogs to search for, like, missing people. Your hounds. Your hounds. <laughs> Your standard blue tick. Blue hounds. Yeah. Hound. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, like I thought that they they were two separate kind of they might trainings. Be. Like I'm this not sure. tra- this one is trained to find a person, smell this shirt and, and then find the, the person and one is specifically for death. Yes. Maybe, I don't know. And then again, like I said, you would think that there would be a difference between animal death and human death, but maybe not. Maybe I should have looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just didn't you just don't know how to ask the right questions. <laughs> You're doing great, but you just didn't ask the right, right questions. Right, right. So December fourth, twenty seventeen now. So we've gone we've gone a long ways. Around seven in the morning, police received a phone call from two frantic high schoolers who were walking to school and were passing a wood area when there was a loud creaking noise. Mm. They looked up to see what it was and 20 feet up in the air was a body hanging. Jesus Christ. I'd be like, do I still have to go to school today? 20 feet in the air. Oh yeah. Ooh, that gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah. I got chills. Like imagine hearing like creak. 20 feet you in look the fucking up. air is a body hanging. Mm. No, I legit see the hair standing up on it. my head. I got her. <laughs> hair standing up on my arm. Like, Ooh. imagine you just like, it's December. Okay, so you're like, man, I only got a few more weeks and then Christmas. I go to Christmas. Oh. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> what I'm, the fuck is that? I'm not going to school today. No, I'm not going to school today. I'm not going to school for the rest of the fucking week. <laughs> I don't want to go back. Ever. I'll go back next year. Yeah. I think 20 feet. 20 feet in the air. How did you get up that high? Now, before I go any further, the street the kids were walking on was like in the middle of town. And the wooded area, this isn't like the woods. It was like a small patch of like a wooden area mm-hmm. in the middle of the town. People walked past it. It was frequent all the time. Like somebody probably would have seen somebody up in a tree right. about to hang them. 
themselves and right. would call the cops. And it was three blocks from Tanner's house. I'm um, assuming it was Tanner up in the tree. Well, you would be correct. All right. After finding the body, the police were like, yeah, we're pretty sure this is him. They called Tanner's father. This is this is a little tough to take. They called t- uh, Tanner's father, whom had just come home from deployment, mm. to identify the body. That's the body was severely decomposed. His hands, his hands were mummified. Ooh. And the feet were completely missing. Ew. Though the body was very hard to distinguish, Curtis Ward had a gut feeling it was his son. Mummified. His hands were mummified and his feet were completely missing. Okay, keep going. All right, you're intrigued. You got me. Yeah. Hook, line, singer. I knew as soon as... This is the fucking horrific story. Do not get me wrong. But I knew as soon as I saw this one, I was like, I know exactly how I'm about to hook this bitch. I'm talking about you. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. We're going to jump to the scene of where this happened. Okay. Take me back. There have been big discrepancies on what was found at the scene and what wasn't there. Hmm. Even the police have never fully answered the questions of what clothes items were found. If the shirt Jeremiah was wearing was actually Tanner's. Yeah. No answers, just questions. The chief of police himself was quoted saying that there was only jeans, a sock, and a shoe found at the scene below the body. But he didn't have any feet. Below the body. Right. But why would us they took his feet there? This is what was just found on the ground. No, but I'm saying why would they just put his sock there? I don't know. Why would they put him twenty feet up in a tree? I don't know, but do you do you see what I'm saying? I hear you. Why would, if they t- took his feet off weeks ago? But this whole case is very frustrating. To me okay. Because it, there's so there's so many more questions. Because they wanted me to ask. Exactly. Why was his sock there? You want fucking... You put... You and Amy in a fucking room with these police officers. Why? Good answer. Tell me why you're so stupid, officer. <laughs> Quick question. Who hurt you? Other sources say that a shirt and jeans were found on the body, but no definite answer was given. So some people were like, oh, no, there was a shirt on the body and there were jeans. And then some people were like, no, there were just jeans on the body and then there were this on the whatever ground whatever no one really fucking knows i bet those boys that saw him knew right probably ingrained in their memory right shortly after the autopsy the result was the wounds were self-inflicted and the cause of death was strangulation by hanging Mm. now mind you Mm. this was 20 feet up in a tree Mm -hmm. with a rope tied around multiple times around a branch and hands were mummified and feet are missing yeah highly decomposed so he's been hanging there for six months right don't think so um after finding all this the families immediately were like no Mm -mm. yeah we know he has a troubled past he had plans for the future he's a kid he's getting married like he was talking about things in the very near future like this was not we're not a family that's just refusing to accept this like this does not make sense they immediately pushed against the finding starting a petition to reopen the case protesting for tanner out in public claiming that he would have never done this so we're going to go to the to the hands just for the audience mummified hands in order for this to occur on a body it would have to be an incredibly extreme weather Mm-hmm. So cold or hot and dry environment, like a desert mm-hmm. or a freezer. The locals claimed that summers were incredibly hot and humid, but they had frequent storms and flooding, which would go against it being completely hot the entire time and him just being like, it'd been muggy. Right. How did this body go unnoticed for six months in a very frequent area? And if those boys walked to school that way that day, they walked to school that way every day. And that comes in later. Those yeah. boys also came back and be like, we took that path every day. Yeah. Construction workers that were working across the street from the wooden area were there every day. Never saw it. And then police, of course, had come up with all these answers as to why they never saw it. You just weren't looking. Yeah. You're not when you're walking to school. You're not looking up in the trees. You're looking forward or you're I'm looking down. doing everything I can do to not go to school so yeah i'm gonna be looking all around and taking my sweet ass time um kicking rocks throwing shit 
Of course, so police had an answer for every question that was asked. Not great ones, but they had answers. So then people were like, okay, maybe you didn't see it, but what about the smell? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been, wouldn't it have been like atrocious? Oh, well, the wind. With him being so high up in the air, the wind carried the smell, so no one smelled it. Okay. And I wonder if there's a... I will say, I wonder if there's a certain point you don't smell a body anymore. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. I don't know. Um. So then it gets to the point of like, okay, the feet. Well, and why would just the hands mummified? That's my thing too, because the feet, okay... You're hanging, this is a graphic, I know, but you're hanging from the tree. The blood flow, maybe that's how eventually everything just... Your feet fall off. Fall off. So your feet fall off. But I don't ever remember seeing anything that his feet were at the scene. His mm-hmm. feet are missing. What the fuck is me? They couldn't tell if they fell off due to natural causes or if they were cut off. Apparently from everything that I've read, there was no inclination that it was... Because he had no marks on him. So mm-hmm. there was no inclination that they were cut off. So the feet could have fallen off just naturally. Mm-hmm. Which is why it would be like the sock and the shoe and whatever. Yeah. We'll talk about this in a case that I'm doing soonish if I can ever fucking finish it. But usually that is one area that does kind of fall off the body first is your feet because mm-hmm. of the joint. And it's, it's already a very um, loosely tied together part, you know, like the ankle yeah. bone and joint. So that usually is one of the first right. pieces to dislodge. And of course, the feet could be missing because an animals come into play. So when they did the autopsy, it also came back that it was self-inflicted because of the way his body fell, I guess, was in that he dropped in as opposed to someone like pulling the body up to strangle him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So they're saying that his neck was probably like his neck was yeah. broken because of the drop. Right. Not someone pulling him up by mm-hmm. like a pulley yeah. on a rope. Gotcha. And there was no like indentions in the tree to where it showed that the rope was like moving constantly of yeah, like, like someone doing that. Because the bark would rub. Right. The family had asked for private coroner to do another autopsy in 2018, which the results came up the same. <laughs> I thought you said pirate coroner. I was like, pirate coroner. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He came in with an eye patch. Private coroner. <laughs> So the results came back the same thing. Um, The family has been flooded with theories and rumors about what happened to Tanner, including the fact that Jeremiah was not exactly a stranger at all. Jeremiah was one of the hostages along with his roommate and her daughter that Tanner and his accomplice held in 2016. Mm. True Crime Daily did this story a few years ago and one of their forensic specialists came out and said, you know, everything points to suicide. However, there are some aspects of the crime that could also point to a staged suicide. Trina police to this day refuse to release any of the case files to the family, which... Why, if it's a suicide? They continue to fight for the case files while the town of Trenton rallies around them with untrust for the police. But with this forensic specialist, he was sitting there talking about, like, you could still fake a suicide. You could still make it look like a suicide without actually doing all the all the other alternatives that they were talking about in their findings. Like, oh, well, it doesn't look like it because it doesn't have this or it doesn't have that. Who's to say someone didn't get him to that point and then we're like, jump, jump. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a weird one for sure. But j- so... Jeremiah hasn't said anything. Uh -uh. They won't say what Jeremiah said. Nope. But somehow they ended up at his dad's property. But they cleared him. But cleared him. But just so happened, that's the dude that he robbed. Mm. Yeah. But he also said, I'm going to be back in 30 minutes. Like he's, you know what I mean? He gave a time period. Right. If he was going to go, he'd be like, "Um, I got to go somewhere. Don't wait up. Now, and all of their, all of their, you know, family, his family and friends are like, he wouldn't do this. Now, granted, you and I both know, you don't know Mm -hmm. what people are thinking or what they're doing. But I will say 90% of the time, you have no clue. You don't have an idea. However, for him to give 
he's talking about his plans. He like there was one instance where there was Father's Day was coming up, and he had a whole plan, a whole day planned out for him and his kid. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that if he was going to kill himself? Right, that's fishy. The yeah, the that the hand thing bothers me. The feet thing bothers me because all again, it's a small town, and his family is constantly getting theories of what happened. Well, I feel like we're all thinking the same thing. He was dead well before his body was put up there. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. I think maybe or. His neck was broken, but not there. Like his neck was already broken when they... Yeah, because... Mm, that I don't know. Because how is his hand... Like his hands is, what, is what's crazy. Mm-hmm. Your hands are already mummified. People were writing in and saying like to his family, oh, he was held for six months and tortured, but he did... There was no marks on his yeah. body. There's yeah. nothing showing that he was tortured. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, if anything, I just don't buy that. People didn't see a body hanging in a tree yeah. for six months. Mm-mm. I don't buy that either. There's no way. And why won't you give the case files up? Yeah, I don't like it. Maybe because the interview is in the case files and they don't want them to see the interview. I don't like it. And why the dad's house? Who's his daddy? Oh, I don't know. Jeremiah's daddy. Probably works for the police force. Or something. Maybe. But, yeah, that's the case of Tanner Ward. Super sad. He's only 19. Mm-hmm. Super suspicious. Left behind a fiance and a very young daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. I have a lot of questions. I want to know more. Because, like, here's the thing. Say that he was murdered. I don't know. I'm leaning more towards he was coerced up a tree and made to do it. I don't... It just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. And then his hands... The whole hand thing is... The feet thing can be explained. The hands is a little mm-hmm. yeah. difficult to understand. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I liked it. So we posted on our Instagram. Taylor was wanting, she was wanting you guys to get to know us a little bit better. And we were just talking. She was like, I want to find a way to kind of. I wanted to make it unique. Our podcast to be unique to us and our Mm -hmm. personalities and make it different. And then also, like I said, learn a little bit more about us. So we're still working, coming up with things, you know, ideas of what we can do. But I was like, well, one way we can let people get to know us is just by having them ask questions. So I posted on the Instagram, what questions do you have for us? They don't have to be true crime related, blah, blah, blah. What do you, what do you guys want to know about us? So I got a few of them and we'll do one or two an episode and we'll probably do it at the end. So if you guys don't want to listen to them, you can just close it out. Let's see. So a few people ask kind of the same basis of a question. What first got us interested in true crime slash when did our love for true crime begin? Was it a specific case, documentary, podcast, whatever? So that was the first question. Hmm. I think I first started getting, I've always had a fucking weird obsession with it for yeah, some reason. I've always had an interest in abnormal psychology, which kind of goes Fucking along, same, yes. Which kind of goes, you know, you can find a lot of that in true that's, crime. That's more so where my line, I mean, like, I have my degree in psychology. That stuff is like, I find it absolutely absolutely fascinating and it was more so for me what go like behavior out behavior wise like what goes on in the minds of the people that commit crimes mm-hmm. it's kind of where my obsession started and i was watching law and order svu from a very young age yeah <laughs> so then like but then that that's kind of where it started because we're like damn this is fucking crazy and then your mind starts to go why Mm-hmm. Why do people do stuff like and that? And within that, you hear about how they find the person, da, 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 and you're just like, that's really, it's interesting how they put all that together and whatever, whatever. I think the first crime that I really like found myself looking up was, it was honestly, it was probably JonBenet Ramsey because that's the first one I remember, like even as a little kid walking through the supermarket, seeing her picture on the papers. And then as I grew up being like, what happened to that? I remember, what happened to that little bitch? Yeah. And then mine was probably Elizabeth Smart when Elizabeth Smart went missing. Mm -hmm. That was like a big thing. And that's when like, yeah, like the weird like Mormon stuff. 
And I was like, what the, how do people, I don't get it. Again, for me, it was just the, it was just the fascination of like, not everyone thinks the same way and behaves the same way, even though you could be raised the same way. Mm -hmm. So really mine just, my obsession with it just came from the fascination of, oh, wow, what makes these people tick is more so what I find fascinating and the fa- and then how they find them, like you said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't remember like an ex- a specific other than like Elizabeth Smart and all that going on. And um, yeah. Yeah. So Michaela and Laura, they were two that kind of that asked that question. They kind of tied in together. Morgan's friend Savannah asked a really interesting question that I like. I'm scared. No. If you had a true crime related job, what would you choose? I would want to be a medical examiner. Forensic psychologist. Yeah, that's fun too. <laughs> We'd both be doctors. <laughs> I know. I just think it's fucking like, yeah. Yeah, that mm, that's that is good. Yeah, that's my final answer. Or forensic psychiatrist. Mm. I would want. If, I would want probably be a, a psychiatrist. Yeah, I would want to be a forensic psychiatrist. But I, I think number one, I'd want to be a medical examiner. No, I don't want to touch the bodies. Uh-uh. Though I could put it out of my mind, like, oh, this is a dead person. Like, I could put that part out of my mind, and but it would be fascinating to be like, actually look at it and examine it and be like, this is and play just, out scenarios yeah. in your head of how it happened. I think it's crazy how they can be like, oh, this happened. Yeah, like, it's just so crazy how they know that, how they know, like, well, this happened before they died, which I mean, it's obvious how they figure out how if it was post-mortem or before death, the injuries. Right. But like, it's crazy how they can tell, like, like you said, kind of lay out the events that happened from the injuries. They play out stories yeah. in their head of how it happened. Well, this happened, this correlates, this, yep. this, that, whatever. And whereas me, I want to get locked in a room with one of them and just ask them 5 million mm-hmm. questions. <laughs> Why are you like this? Who hurt you? Yeah. Was it your mom? That- Was it your dad? Was it your siblings? Was it your teacher? <laughs> Yeah. Why? But the where where I would get in like a stump is if like they came from like a great fucking family. <laughs> you got me. I don't know. And they just like pass because you always have that argument of nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a mixture of both. But what is your fucking problem, guy? Yeah, me when I can't figure <laughs> yeah. it out. You're you you're crazy, man. You're like a different yeah, level, right? I would be so scared, but I'd be sitting there going, "I get it," <laughs> just so that he would talk to me, yeah, or her, whoever. Mm-hmm. We're not getting specific here. Not if some crazy Women bitches out there. Kill too, but majority. Yeah, I liked that question. I thought that was a good one. That is a good one. Wasn't there another one? If we ever known, uh, we'll do a third one. Trey asked us if we've ever personally known a killer. I know a lady killer. Who? Marisa. Hey. <laughs> I don't... Should I say That's my, for my buddy because she's mad at me. <laughs> Those are some good questions, though. Yeah. Should I say my answer to that? Yeah, go ahead. Wait, what is it? My uncle. Oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, I may have a distant uncle that may have murdered somebody. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm not like... Eh. But I'm just answering the fucking question. He's in a bar fight. Um, If it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I have. <laughs> We've all got those family members, right? Um, I've, there's a story. There's I've heard stories and rumors that on one specific side of my family, there are a bunch of country folk that were moonshiners. A big fucking wolf. And they're out there killing folk. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they protect in their oh, land. A big fucking wolf. They're killing people. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to end at moonshiners. <laughs> no. They protect in their property. Right. Or they were stealing it and killing people. Who knows? <laughs> you would come from fucking redneck moonshiners. <laughs> Is anyone surprised? I kind of was because I was like, Bleh. 
Moonshine. Do we? I mean, I get the liquor part, but <laughs> as I'm wearing my old row t-shirt, get out of here. Okay. Maybe I am a redneck. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And if you weren't following us on Instagram, go follow us at lady underscore you're scaring us. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next time. Keep those questions coming. And as always, if you have any suggestions on what you want to hear, give them to us. Give them. Don't be stingy. Give it. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.